This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good afternoon and welcome in everyone to a post-game victory party, I guess. Uh, we're, we're here to party. Jake Burns is here to party. Brad Ward is here to party. We're all partying because the Browns beat the Buccaneers 23-17 to uh, in overtime, basically at the end of the overtime period with a Nick Chubb touchdown. And uh, life is good again. Everything's fine, right? <laughs> yeah, life's great again. Our weekend yep. can go on, right? We yeah, we, we did it. We willed it into not. That, that was... Uh, and we're going to get into the stuff that we get into, but I would just say, had they won or lost that game as it wore down toward the end, I was we we at the beginning of this this day at the the pregame show said we wanted them to show fight, and I thought they fought really hard. And and as the game wore on, uh, I think we were all really frustrated by the defense. Uh, sorry, the offense. Mm-hmm. Defensively, they got better, um, and and really made it a little more challenging on Tampa. They had to make some generic plays, right? Um, there it is, Brad. Um, yeah, now we're, but, now but I, we are partying. Now we're partying. But but I thought they, they did enough, right? And they weren't playing complimentary football. But if you look at teams that have beat Tampa Bay, the, the ugly wins, Carolina and Pittsburgh, they've played good defense against Tampa Bay because that's a good defense. I mean, you can. I'm pretty frustrated with the Browns in this game offensively as the rest of us are, but they're a very good defense. So you had mm-hmm. to really keep them under 20 points to have a chance to win that game. And they did just enough. So I'm really, I'm just really proud of them, man. They needed this win. I think everybody needed this win, but uh, they needed it too. And I'm, I'm, you know, as much as we give them hell when they don't show up and they don't play hard and they, they deserve a lot of credit today. They showed up extremely prepared. I thought things didn't go their way offensively for a large portion, but again, Tampa Bay is a Super Bowl quality defense in my opinion. Their offense now maybe down Tristan Wirfs a little different. Yeah, uh, what they're doing offensively. We'll talk about some of the decisions that Tampa made. I, some befuddling mm, decisions. Some gifts. But yeah, um, gifts. some some gifts indeed. But but again, huge win. I, listen, we owe an apology to Brad, the optimist. Yep. He won today. Absolutely. Brad, you won. So take it away. <laughs> yeah, Give take a victory lap for us, Brad. Uh, no victory lap, man. That's what that's what uh, that's what we asked for, right? Play with desperation. Mm-hmm. play with uh and they played desperate they did um it took uh I, I really thought they coughed it up um i tweeted out to you jake i tagged you in it and on the winning plays thing with cooper dropping the fourth down yeah, that so. felt that that felt like like it right um mm-hmm. and then uh injoku just a, a remarkable individual play how often we talk about that right like Sometimes it just takes an individual play to overcome um, 
the opposition in a big moment, and he did it today and gave him new life in the overtime. Man, the defense played really well all day. MJ Emerson is a dog. He is a dude. Uh, I love, once again, you know, I wrote about it before, like his, if we could get all of the defenders to take on his mentality, like the challenge everything, not afraid of the moment at all mentality, uh, they would have a good defense. Like I love the way he plays and um, he did not back down from Mike Evans at all and all those guys. And he was just terrific. And uh, they played their asses off, and that's what we asked for. And Jacoby deserves this. Uh, he, you know, it's about time he got a win like this. Uh, so, you know, he threw that seed to the back of the end zone, and Joku brings it in. New life, and uh, defense gets a stop in overtime. You never see that. Get the ball back, right? And uh, they go down and win with Nick Chubb fittingly. Uh, it was it was kind of. Uh, you know, they showed heart, right? Like, the reason it's so hard to like this team, guys, because they're, they haven't overcome it, and you haven't seen them show edge and heart to overcome anything this year, right? They've yeah. always folded in these moments. So this makes it a little bit easier to get excited than like what you saw today more. Uh, if they would have done this earlier in the season in a game, we would be more fond of this team, I think. Yep. Yeah, I agree with that. I think uh, effort was not a question in the same way that it has been in some of the recent games, which is a, a relief. Uh, and I also think, you know, it's worth, worth mentioning that, uh, the, um, you know, the, the both on defense and on offense with the Najoku catch and, and some other, uh, performances on, on defense, Miles Garrett's name, uh, you know, Brad, you mentioned MJ Emerson, um, players made plays in situations that, uh, you know, in previous weeks, they haven't made plays. Uh, Miles Garrett finished some sacks that, he hasn't finished in weeks previous. And, and I mean, you know, how close was Tom Brady on that last sack to slipping out of it and, and potentially stepping up and completing a pass? He was close, but he got him on the ground. And so, you know, it does, it does feel, it feels in some ways, even though it wasn't a, a, a definitive win the way that it was against Cincinnati, it's the same thing where players play, showed up and made plays in situations where in weeks previous they haven't. Oh, we 100%. Yeah, go ahead. Miles Garrett. <laughs> Good. Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah. Miles Garrett, uh, amazing bend, right? Incredible mm -hmm. bend just to get uh, his hand on Brady's foot. He falls. Uh, he, he was starting to get pressure. They were getting some pressure from the interior a little bit. Uh, Taven Bryan got a couple pressures up the middle uh, in the overtime in the fourth quarter, surprisingly. I mean, he did a nice job there. They, they were much better against the run today, um, and I don't right know. They, you know, Jake will have to they, – yeah. they gave up 56 on the opening drive of the game, and then they gave up 40 rushing yards the rest of the way. They finished with 96. Yeah. Did. So that's, that's – you can win that way. Did you, did you see anything that jumped out, Jake, to you as far as, like, they, anything they were doing differently? No, we'll have to watch it. I didn't notice any alignment changes. I just uh, felt like they were winning more at the point of attack, and I felt like they were redirecting on perimeter runs uh, from the edges. Yep. Their edge guys far better than they have all year. So mm -hmm. I think it might have been a little bit of a tweak this week to say, hey, we're just going to continue to do what we've done with you guys in the past, eliminate you guys down crashing, and we're going to have you, if you feel if you feel perimeter run, redirect and change the course of that run. Because like there was a late toss in the overtime period they ran a little pin pull and Clowney 
almost made the play in the backfield because he was a vertical redirect yep. upfield. He didn't make it, but he redirected Rashad White so far into the backfield that it allowed like eight players to be there at the line of scrimmage to meet him because of that redirect. So I thought they were better. Certainly something we'll write up for the next few days at the OBR uh, because we'll dig into the tape on that one. But yeah, super encouraging, man. Yeah, it's a it's a, a different type of performance. I mean, we you know we I think I touched on it in the pregame that Tampa Bay has the lowest uh, you know rated rush offense in the league. So I think there was some help from what Tampa does and and the lack of talent that they have on the interior as well that they weren't able to run at the Browns in the way that the Dolphins or the Bills were able to the last two weeks. But still, you have to give credit for the team for trying and 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 succeeding in ways that they were not able to do in the first uh, few weeks of the season. Uh, Jacksonville, quick update, just beat ta- uh, Baltimore. So that is uh, development. That I oh, fantastic. Share. Even they, better. They went for two, got the two-point conversion, and Justin Tucker missed a 67-yarder, believe it or not. He actually missed from uh, almost 70 yards. But anyway, yeah, back to the Browns. Like, uh, to, I think that the thing that stood out to me, guys, as I'm kind of looking at stats and I'm combing through everything, is we talk about it all the time. Brad, you referenced the winning plays thing earlier. It's fourth and nine. You just broken a big Nick Nick Chubb run to to finally push the ball deep into Tampa territory. You don't move the ball at all in the first few downs. You get to fourth and nine, and you can just feel it. Like, ah, oh, God, this game's going to end in this fashion. They're going to lose. They get it all. And it just sometimes, man, not saying a season can change. I'm just saying, like, the vibe around everybody when David makes that catch, there's like a, oh, my God, we made a play that, 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 that was improbable. And that is a, a feeling that can really be injected into everybody. It, it breathes life into people. And um, I cannot say enough about how David's still clearly dealing with the, that foot issue. He, Him making that play over, I think it was over Devin White, who was all over him, and I believe got a hold of his jersey up near the collar right before the delivery of the football, to make that play, that's big time, man. This is mm-hmm. Big time as it gets, fourth and nine, to go up with one hand and haul that thing in. And I don't think we'll talk about it enough because it didn't win the game, but it certainly um, was heroic, heroic stuff there from David. And he deserves a ton of praise for that because that's just, that was non, that would, that catch was goofy, like mm-hmm. literally catch of the year consideration type stuff. Yeah. It, and it is, it's an example of, to your point, Jake, it's the example of the, the type of plays that haven't been made. I flashed back, on that play, I flash back to those two drops in the end zone last week in the first half against Buffalo that, you know, that sort of, yep. you know, give you the the feeling of, okay, here we go again. You know, the, the play's there to be made and it's not being made. And and this is an example of a ball that probably shouldn't be caught being caught because, you know, a guy makes a play above and beyond what you expect. And it, I, I think you're absolutely right that it changes things. And, you know, I, I mean, we, we talked about this a little bit pregame, how this team responds now to getting Deshaun Watson back next week. Um, you know, I, I think they're, they're ha- they have the potential for a little bit of a run. You know, whether or not it's too late in the season for it to matter, I think is a different conversation. But you have to imagine momentum-wise and getting a Houston Texans team next week that looks, you know, I mean, they, they were uh, – the Dolphins had their backup quarterback in in the third quarter today. So, um, you know, it is – there is an opportunity there that, you know – it. We, we said before the game that if they could win this one, the games would mean something. Well, that that's that's still true at this point. 
Yeah. Yeah. This, this parlaying into the Texans and getting a couple wins in a row. What did they say in major league? That's called a winning streak, right? Yep. If they could get two in a row and start feeling really good about themselves when they run into these division games, anything is possible. They played That's Cincinnati right. extremely well the first time they played the Ravens really well the first time as well. Could have won that game. So anything's possible here, man. I mean, if you can get to seven and seven and make it a three game season, and see where the rest of the now again they haven't done themselves any favors in terms of teams that are sort of hovering around them to also make the playoffs as a wild card. But they, we'll just have to see. I mean, yep. what we want more than anything right now is the ability. And and again, we've talked about this so much. Mm-hmm. We just want good football. I, yep. I think above all else, we we want good football because it's been miserable so much of the year. But but in that sense, like you also want to feel some positive vibes going into an off season as well. And I know that it's well-documented that seasons don't carry into other seasons. And I'm, I'm aware of that whole thing, but like to me being able to go into the off season with, you're going to have most of your coaching staff back, I think in some form or fashion, probably not your, you know, we'll see. It's to be determined about what happens. <laughs> Don't defense. bury him yet. He's making but, a comeback. Well, I, this is a, a little fear of mine. I've been pretty vocal about for a while, but nonetheless, I know. like I there know. were some, Me there too. were two times today where it was hilarious. First time is this, and we're just going to talk about it because we're on the topic. The Tampa Bay comes out on a fourth and two after timeout, and the Browns don't bring an extra D lineman, and they don't crowd the A gaps. The best quarterback sneak artist of all time is mm-hmm. Tom Brady. It's fourth and one and a half, and they don't. Actually, that would that one was fourth and one. So yeah, they like, didn't have anybody over the center on fourth they didn't have, and they less had, than a they yard. Had, they had a shade and a three. I couldn't believe yep. it. I couldn't yeah. believe it. Then on the fourth and two that Tampa decided to not um not actually go for, right. they had a they had a three down dime look on the field. Right. Like I, I couldn't believe they only had three defenders yeah. on the the down linemen on the field and they're coming up under center. So there's just some malpractice stuff that still happens. I thought the players overcame and played pretty well today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of the credit for me goes there. I don't think to Brad's question earlier, I don't think they schemed up anything heroic here. Like I don't I don't think that happened, but I thought the guys played better. I think there might have been tweaks to how they were doing certain things from certain positions in terms of we're going to stop crashing ends and spilling because the spill stuff's not working for us. Like that's possibly an angle that they took. Yeah. Um, and it helped alleviate some of the uh, perimeter run stuff that teams like Buffalo and Miami absolutely lit them on fire on. But mm-hmm. I also think the linebackers just in general played the run game a little bit more effectively. Yeah. And I thought they, there were some times where Grant Delpit was poking his head down in the box and making some plays too. So um, my point though, in general, is I've been kind of afraid of, well, the defense plays well at the end of the year. We can't, right. you know, we can't mess it up. So we'll see what happens. There's a lot to be decided before then, but they deserve yeah. credit today. They played well. Um, and I don't want to do the thing where, if the defense plays poorly, I blame the coordinator. If it plays well, I play give the credit to the players. Like, right. I think there's some things we could see on uh, Chalk Talk this week or in uh, a study for an article where it does show that they made some different sort of changes, and you got to give credit where you can. But there, there's just some things on first view there that gave me some specific pause about, like, what on earth are we doing there? And yeah. there were some times – like, Tampa didn't turn it over. I don't – did they turn it over? I actually don't think they turned it over, a no. registered turnover. But they punted – I think they punted there, and then there was another time where they punted too, and I couldn't believe that they punted deep down and sort of uh, well across the fifty-yard line. I don't yep. know what I don't know what it is, but those those two are essentially turnovers. So right, um, but but again, the Browns did enough to win. Um, I think they had some fifty-fifty coaching decisions of people that I follow. Tampa Bay, Tampa, mm-hmm. very smart Tampa Bay people that I follow. I had one of them on my pod this week who who. Uh, 
have a lot of problems with Todd Bowles and have a lot of problems with uh, Byron Leftwich and the decisions those yeah. two are making. As Leftwich has been very vocal this season about just not believing in analytic numbers at all with calls mm-hmm. play calling and tendencies and personnel grouping. So, yeah, I, I think Tampa's in a bit of its own mess. But I think we talked about this before the game, or maybe we didn't, and I should have referenced it. But the teams that have beat them have beat them with an ugly score. Tampa in this game, third down. Let's see, four for fifteen, Andrew. So that's what we said before the game. If you're Mm going to beat Tampa, you have to give them third down trouble and a four. Not that Cleveland was much better five for 17, but you had to get, you had to give them trouble uh, on third down to get off the field. And they did a great job, man. So they, they deserve a bunch of kudos there. What did you think? Yeah, I think, I think you're absolutely right. One of the things that that stuck out to me was that, you know um, the, the Browns have played a lot of teams this year that when the opportunity to kind of put the knife in and finish them off has been presented to those teams, the yeah. teams haven't missed. And the, the Bucks had those opportunities and passed on them. Like uh, to your point, they had, I think two separate punts, uh, from over the 50. Uh, and then there's, uh, you know, somebody mentioned it in chat, the, uh, the timeout, uh, mismanagement by the Bucks at the end of the game. They're not only, um, not calling a timeout after that completed pass, uh, when they had the ball, but but when the Browns play. had the ball uh, before the the fourth down catch to Njoku, the they had the a running clock and and I think about twenty seconds ran off the clock um, that a timeout would have saved. And the Buccaneers had timeouts in their pocket at the end of the game, so it those almost felt like they wanted to uh, get off the field there. They just wanted to go to overtime. Like when that screen got right. blown up, I got right. the vibe of we'll just take this to overtime and then. Brady somehow – I don't know how Ward didn't knock that down. I have no right. idea how that ball wasn't hit. He, like, timed it up and everything and just, like, whiffed on it. I don't know. They baited the perfect throw, and then it just just got whiffed on. But I, I'm sure you guys are feeling with eight seconds left. I'm like, oh, this is a Godwin scene ball timeout, and here we are. Yep. Like, um, it was the feeling I had. But they, you know, they did – they they ended up covering it down pretty well. They ended up breaking down a, a Cameron Brait throw, I think, on the next throw. So they, they did – and they almost picked that ball off, that, that drag to Brait there with about – six seconds left five seconds left but um hey i'm brett podolsky co-founder of the farmer's dog we make fresh food for dogs we started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog jada when she stopped eating ultra processed kibble and started eating fresh whole food the farmer's dog food isn't fancy it's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs it's better for them and easier for you Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You know, getting off the field third down is pretty huge. Again, the two things that we're going to talk about to me that make the most sense, four for 15 on third down, you only give up 40 yards through halfway through the first quarter on. So you take a half of a quarter out in one drive, you only give up 40 rushing yards. Right. That's great. That's that's winning football when you have to, especially when a team. I mean, Tampa was up on Cleveland for a majority of that second half. Like they, mm-hmm. they scored that touchdown with how much time left? 17-10 in the third quarter with seven minutes left. So if they were able to run the football at will down Cleveland's throat, that would have been it. They would have scored a couple right. of times or kicked a couple more field goals. That would have been it. So, um, 
you know, those two numbers specifically stand out to me. Cleveland runs 11 more plays. What's our formula, baby? I love talking formula. You guys know me. 11 more plays, nine more minutes of possession, and 100 more rushing yards. It's the formula, guys. They, and they, mm-hmm. when they win every game. And even the That's ones it. that they let slip away, the Jets, they let slip away was similar. And the Chargers game, well, Chargers ran for a lot. But nonetheless, like the formula is pretty obvious for them. Now, is that going to change with Watson? We'll see this week. But um, I do I do think like uh, this is exactly how they had to win. And they just did enough on defense again. We should go over. I'll just run through stats, Andrew, real quick. 325 uh, total net yards, Tampa, 325, Cleveland, 367. Um, I talked about offensive plays. Both teams average 4.9 per play. Tampa 96 rushing yards. Cleveland 189. Uh, Tampa 229 through the air. Tom Brady actually threw for more. The sack yardage caught up 246, uh, but the sack yardage ended up accounting for about 20 yards. And and it was really cool too, guys, to see. Like, prolo- I think <laughs> I, I want I want your guys' thoughts on this. Like, do you notice a marked difference in how they pass rush when they know they're getting passed? Like, I want to ask you guys that question because what I notice is, like, when they start to feel out and smell it, they just don't get it enough. Like, hey, we get to one random third and eight. It's, you know, you you kind of get juiced up. But it's like when they get to the point where they can really pin their ears back and get after them, that part with Miles, you can see where it's like, oh, that's when, that's when like, you know, Aaron Donald because they're leading or, or Micah Parsons because they're leading and they know pass is coming they make all those plays. I don't know how many sacks off the top of my head that um, Miles ended up getting a sack, sack and a half. So, like, I don't know. You guys noticed it too, I'm sure. But that that's where that's where Miles is like, okay, that guy's a freak. You know what I'm saying? Even with the bum shoulder. Yeah, I think that's actually that's absolutely right. That the 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 game script for them has been the biggest prohibitor for him being the sort of. Uh, dominant player that Micah Parsons or Aaron Donald get credit for being it. It's not. It's not a talent issue. It's that he doesn't get put in those positions often enough because, it, you know, there's. I mean, we've said it all year. There's easy answers against this defense uh, for the most part for offenses. So if there are third downs, they're third and shorts, and it's you know the short passing game stays in effect. But um, especially in the second half, it really looked like the Buccaneers were looking downfield a lot more, and I didn't. I didn't fully understand that as their approach because it looked like the the underneath stuff was still there for them. I would I would agree with that. They tried to push the foot. They I, I don't know how many times I don't have. I guess I should pull up the stats again. Look at targets to Mike Evans. But I felt like there were like seventeen Mike Evans fades, mm-hmm. like up the, up the sideline. I he had Godwin had thirteen targets and uh, Mike Evans nine targets, two catches, thirty one yards. So that checks out, right? Where you feel like okay, these guys are just throwing fades to Evans up the sideline. I mean, I felt like they they're probably on the sideline going, why can't we complete this ball? This is a matchup we love. Mm-hmm. Emerson just kept doing a pretty nice job. Now, there were a couple of them that were just overthrown. I think you guys mm-hmm. agree that there was a chance for Evans. And I actually thought Evans caught that one right before half that they ended up running hurry up on, uh, getting up to the line quick again. Um, and uh, I, I don't know. They didn't review it. They were essentially up the line really quick. Did you guys notice that one where I thought Evans actually caught that ball on the sidelines and got his feet in, but they ran hurry up so quick. It didn't, it didn't end up coming out. So your point about Emerson, Brad is, is extremely right. I mean, that's, and that's the type of receiver that uh, I think you and I've talked about this some Andrew that, that Denzel struggles. So having yep. a guy with a different body type than Newsom is a good thing in that regard, right? Because Newsom and Ward are smaller bodies, probably more fit to cover the waddles and Tyreeks of the world. Right. But it's uh, a little bit to the contrary there, Andrew. That's why I think there's a good counterbalance there a little bit. 
Yeah, he he has been. Uh, I mean, I think you could make the argument, other than Jacoby, probably the biggest surprise uh, for the Browns uh, this year in terms of what we expected in terms of production and, and and playing time and what he has delivered. He has been arguably their best cornerback this season, which is um, really something for a third round rookie. We we know how hard rookie cornerbacks have it in the in the league. And yeah, let's let's shout out. Thank you, Ian, for throwing that on screen. Pat Shea with the uh, 10 gifted subs and Paul with five. And um, there was another one, uh, Warpath, I believe. Uh, yeah. So thank you to everybody for, for throwing out some uh, gift subscriptions in chat. We're, we're celebrating a Browns win. It feels good to be back here doing it for the first time in almost a month. Um, and yeah, I think MJ Emerson has been by far, uh, you know, especially on the defensive side, the highlight of the season. And most people who are like redrafting this past draft are drafting him first round. Like that's what's yeah. going on right now. Yeah. So um, it's extremely, extremely encouraging stuff. And, um, you know, the good thing is that those out there who love the Nick Chubb 20 carry threshold, they get to continue <laughs> to pound their chest as Nick gets over 20 carries and the Browns, the Browns win. Yep. So, you know, there's that. I would love, Andrew, to your point earlier, I would love to know if there's a stat out there. Now, I know Pro Football Focus does a true pass set. Um, mm-hmm. stuff with like those what they mean by true pass set is predictable pass either game situation dictates it like third and long or second and 17 or it's a a game like a 14 or more points I would love to see the number of of true pass set pass rushes Miles has had against some of the other top names out there in the last few years because I think that would be a telling stat for that exact thing we're talking about you know what I mean yes I do and I and I think um you know, it's, it's, there's, it's, you know, it's a, it's an ad, it's always an apples to oranges situation in, in the NFL, right? That you, 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 some guys are not playing the same game as others. Uh, but um, overall, I think, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here sort of thinking, I, is this maybe the best defensive performance of the season by the Browns defense? I know that the, the Bengals game was, was maybe a little bit more dominant, but I think the game script in that one lend its, lend, lent itself to that. Yeah. Uh, this this game, the the Browns defense had multiple impactful stops. Uh, shout out to E. Gillen for for gifting subs. Uh, we have the best supporters in in the world. Uh, we thank you so much. Um, but you know, multiple stops in in the in the fourth quarter in in overtime to get a win. That if they don't play that well all of that time, they don't get that win. Absolutely right. I mean, there's. There were three or four times where I'm sure you would agree with me that you felt like, okay, they score here, it's over. Tampa yep. scores here, it's exactly. over. And there were those that that key drive. I'm not sure the minute mark, but it was a key drive early fourth quarter or may, may, maybe mid fourth quarter. Actually, I take that back. I have the ability to pull this up in front of me. I don't know why I don't do it. <laughs> um, looking at the stats media page, so possession. So Tampa got it back and took it out. They began it at the at their own. It was late into the – the Browns got it back with like two minutes left, and I couldn't believe – they. yeah, they went eight plays, 23 yards, and ended up punting. Or was it the possession before? I think it was this one. Was there a penalty yard on this one? I'm trying to see if I can identify the right spot for it. But I couldn't – I just really couldn't believe that Cleveland got the football back. Mm-hmm. It was after the um, – Browns had it had to punt deep in their own like 10-yard line, inside their own five actually. That was – um, or was that when I don't know, I'm blanking out on when it was, but is that the drive that yielded the touchdown? 71 yards was the touchdown drive at the end. I don't know where that one started. I feel like that one started about no, it did. I think that started after a touchback, I'm pretty sure, but I guess that doesn't add up to 71, so never mind. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't, it doesn't add up, does it? I'm not sure which one it was, but they, um, this doesn't look like it's organized the right way. The media, I, I normally sound like a relatively smart human, but it doesn't seem like it's organized. The, the, the media pages does possession by possession mm-hmm. and it doesn't seem like it's organized. So essentially the, the drive before Nick's, um, uh, Jacoby's touch, it started, it's the, that drive wraps up at a minute. They get it. It's a minute 38 of clock. I think it wrapped up with like what 30 seconds left. So I'm trying to see when it started. I think it started with five minutes left, Andrew. I could be wrong on that though. Um, they received it, punted it. Their touchdown this, drive? No, I think it was I the, think it was more like three. It's, they because, got it. it's because of overtime. This is why people listen to our show. Uh, yeah. this, we're just absolutely yeah. killing this segment. Yeah, we're nailing so, this. They they ended up going for that fourth down, right? right. They go for that fourth down, a seven-play drive, 36 yards, fourth and nine. They end up failing to get it on the drop. They yep. get it back. They have to punt it. Um, nine. They end up going nine plays and only 13 yards would have to punt that one. Kind of flips field position a little bit, but they get the last one back with two minutes and 10 seconds left. So that means that the drive that Tampa went was four plays, 27 yards was the final one. The one before that, they got it at like the, the the last play they ran was at the Cleveland 48 and decided to uh, to give up on that drive, which was pretty dumbfounding to me. I couldn't believe they ended up coughing that football back to Cleveland. But um, there were a couple times there where it's like if these guys, if they don't get a stop here, man, it, it, it's it's over, partly because you keep thinking about the field goal they missed uh, mm-hmm. to, to put three on the board to actually yeah. win it regulation. But um yeah, they 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 stepped up and found ways to get stops, and that's it. Just it, it deserves kudos, right? I didn't think they did anything elaborate. I even think they blitzed Brady very much at all. Every time they were creeped down into the line of scrimmage, they were retreating into heavy zone looks. They just kept putting them in third and longs, which is where you know the 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 credit that they deserve. And yeah, Godwin hurt him. He he ended up having a uh, I think fourteen targets or something like that. I actually think he might have had. Uh, double digit catches. I don't have that up again. My iPad just died next to me, but um, <laughs> yeah, anyway, I, I just think they did a great job of, of stopping them on third down and they got some, some coaching breaks and I'm sure when Tampa looks back at it, they're going to want to have some of those decisions back. Cause I didn't think it put their guys in the best decision to win, mm-hmm. but that's what it takes, right? It takes getting some of those tight decisions. That decision not to go for the fourth and two was, is stands out to me. Um, when they had the Browns in a position, I think, to get, um, in my opinion, to get that first down because they had the Browns had a dime look personnel-wise on the field. So um, they get those stops. They get one last chance, and it takes some heroics from David, right, and made a great play. And we should give Amari Cooper credit too because Amari Cooper uh, goes out on, you know, after that. He could have folded, right? He yep. could have very easily folded. Mm-hmm. Then he makes a huge catch early in the drive on a third down to pick up yes. the first down. And then obviously – I don't, you know, I think Dean fell down, Jamel Dean. I can't remember if it was Jamel Dean or who was covering him, but he fell down. And then uh, as he tried to get back up and gather himself, like his falling ran right into Cooper's route. So he just turned it up field and took off because he knew it was a cover zero look. The Browns actually protected it well, mm-hmm. and that leads to a big throw and catch. So, yeah, I mean, Amari deserves a ton of credit for that that play there in overtime because the Browns, that was a really weird third and four, Andrew. Yes. And that third and four where you're sitting there like, Okay, if they don't get this third and four, um, what's uh, what's the right. decision? Because right. there's there's a minute thirty left, 
and or so, it might have been it might have been right at a minute. I can't remember exactly the time frame it was. It was pretty close to a minute, but I'm like, man, if they don't get this third and four, are they going to go for it? And then Tampa mm-hmm. gets it back at midfield. So just a huge play. And again, Amari, who could have folded, a lot of Browns players in those situations have folded in those uh, tight scenarios, but he he ends up making a play that um, gives them a chance to win the game. I, I couldn't believe he didn't score there. It was a heck of a play to keep him out of the end zone. But you know, Amari deserves credit. Anyone else? I guess Anthony Schwartz. We should talk about him, right? Sure. What'd you, what'd you think, man? Uh, he's very good at running. Um, so <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, mean, I know. I mean, I, you know, I think it's good to see him get involved a little bit. I think, you know, we mentioned before the game a little bit that they're, they've got a very thin group of wide receivers right now. They're not using many wide receivers. Uh, and, um, you know, I, I think if any way they can get him involved in a way that's positive uh, for his growth, that seems like, you know, a, a, a benefit. I think, you know, certainly, I mean, I know all we do is, is sing the praises of Jacoby Brissett, but that block downfield on, on the cornerback, he put him on his ass. I mean, that's that level of effort from a quarterback is is impressive. And uh, he's nonchalant about it, too. Like, it yeah, really yeah he kind of dunked on him and then didn't <laughs> celebrate or anything. Yeah, it was it was great. I mean, the, he got caught. One of I, I noticed that I think it was Teller found him in the end zone to congratulate him on doing it. So, you know the guys on the team noticed. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I think, you know, Schwartz is fast. We know that. And I think, uh, you, you know, one of the big questions looming here is what does this wide receiver core look like with Deshaun Watson, at quarterback. And I, I think that there's, you know, the, we know even in this game, there were some open throws that Jaco- Jacoby didn't hit, didn't, didn't pull the trigger on, took some sacks. He maybe didn't need to take. And so maybe those opportunities next week are, are even more for Anthony Schwartz. Yeah, I thought I just thought that he had a, uh, you know, the, the reverse is simple. The reverse is either it's there or it's not. You follow right. the box. That stuff's easy. He did also, um, you know, make a catch on that ball on a little swing route motion where he caught it on the sideline, made somebody, made somebody miss. Yeah, that was like, oh, that was a real football play, right? And then he mm-hmm. did get targeted on that deep sprint out. They were backed up on the goal line. He gets targeted on that sprint out. It was just like, a, I have no other option here. And they were covering it really well, and the Browns were really too afraid at that moment to, to set up a true pass set. You know, I hate sprinting out because it eliminates half the field, right? Like, it's one of my least favorite things because it eliminates – it's it's good for high school young young players, young college players, small school players because it gives them a chance to throw on the run and take advantage of soft coverage, but you don't get that a ton in the NFL. So it's like, oh, they're sprinting out here because they don't trust their pass protection. They just want to get a quarterback chance to get rid of it early. You know what I mean? So yeah. there was nothing there, but he – uh you know, he tackles him and <laughs> probably eliminates an interception and allows mm-hmm. him to punt and saves 25 yards of field goal position. I don't know if he meant to do that. I don't want to give him credit for something that's probably a, a little bit uh, a little bit too uh, too much credit for that. But nonetheless, he he did uh, he was a, he was a part of the game plan and he hasn't been a part of the game plan. And I completely written him off. And I'm sitting yep. here thinking, okay, if they can find ways to get him the football, maybe there's something here for him. Uh, I, we'll see if they he builds on this. And to your point earlier, if if, uh, if, if Watson's arrival means that he'll get some more action, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Every quarterback seems to do something with certain wide receivers. It's like pretty obvious that uh, Jacoby Brissett has given, gotten a lot out of Amari and gotten a lot out of Adonovan Peoples-Jones. So we'll see who, who uh, Deshaun Watson develops a nice connection with. I hope they keep that stuff going. I, I've said uh, many times that I think the biggest part of this offense I've liked this year is they've, they've gotten the ball to their playmakers, right? Like there've been a concerted effort to get the football to their best players. So, I hope that continues, but I think Schwartz deserves, um, you know, commendable amount of credit for fighting a way to to be back in the rotation. I guess, right, Brad? I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's not like he was huge, yeah. but he's getting the football a little bit means they're not giving up on him. 
Yeah, just the fact that they put him on the field and ran a play for him means that he's doing what he can in practice and he's worked his way back into a, a position where they give him a chance to get him the ball. And he made a nice catch. I thought David Bell, uh, what, maybe three or four catches today. Uh, that's probably his most receptions on the season. Interesting, guys. One other point I wanted to make here uh, real quickly. Uh, they did. I don't know if you guys hit on it while I was gone, um, but they made up some significant yardage in the return game today. Like their return yes, returns were nice. Yeah, special yeah. teams. So, other than uh, Kate Ford, York, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Other than the shank of all shanks, seriously, uh, a concerning kick. Literally, that kick uh, is was quite concerning. I don't know if I've seen anybody shank one like that in a while. Well, he had a sh- he had a shank right. He pulled that one. He had a right side shank. Who did he do that? Andrew, do you remember? It was at home, and it was a mile right. It was was it? I do remember it, but I don't remember the which Chargers game. Game right before half. I think it was because we're that like, oh, right. he missed the one right before half. He pushed it like. That's my thing. They're gonna miss kicks. They're new. They're young. They're figuring out like the Brown Stadium figuring it out. I get it, but you can't just like you can't have low trajectory like j- low trajectory kicks on short yardage kicks now 60 yard kicks i get it you gotta launch it low to get the distance but like 35 to 40 yard field goals he's had blocked with trajectory issues and then and then a couple shanks i'm like i'm a little i am i'm concerned about him and and he's when he hits it right strikes it right he's good but like the same the same thing with golf the best golfers are ball strikers who can consistently hit the ball flush that's what makes you a great golfer more than anything else Uh, you know those guys who are doing that more often than others and if he can't consistently strike the football right, it's like, what's bothering him? Is it the rush sort of like getting in his head? Like there's no reason for that. You you don't need to worry about it. Your your procedure is your procedure. So I'm with you, Brad. That was nervous. But Jerome Ford, nice kick return again. A couple nice kick returns today. And Donovan Peoples-Jones made people miss in the return game. So that was nice to see, to your point. And I think people that I follow from Tampa again are – like this special teams has been an issue for them all season. It's been it's been a similar boat as Cleveland where they feel like they're giving up returns all the time on that side. So it's nice to see somebody else complain about that a little bit. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of a big I wonder... for me is is that the you know the the Bucks had the game that the Browns have had about six times this year where their Bucks fans are sitting there after this one saying, How did we lose that game? Mm-hmm. Because they they shouldn't have, you know, they they absolutely shut the Brown's offense down for the most part. And, um, you know, uh, they had more opportunities offensively, certainly to score points. Uh, and so, yeah, if you're a, a Tampa Bay fan, you're, you're sitting there after this one, wondering how it got away. And the, the Browns have what, four or five of those in their back pocket at this point. So it, it does feel very nice for that shoe to be on the other foot. I believe they're zero and three against AFC North teams. Is that right? I think they've lost. Uh, yeah. They lost to the Steelers. I know that. And yeah, uh, they haven't played. Uh, haven't played Cincy yet, but they lost on prime time to uh, um, Baltimore. Baltimore. Yep. 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 Yeah. So thank you, Tampa, for allowing yeah. Cleveland to get back on yeah. track here a little bit. But I do think you're spot on there, Andrew. There was no doubt that they're the more talented team. But we said in the pregame some things had to be weird, and the things that were weird were their coaching decisions, like. Mm-hmm. Decisions where I thought they should have gone for it and they didn't, gave it back to Cleveland. And again, I trust that you know I'm with you. Like uh, most of their coaching staff, probably it's like, well, you know, our defense is really good and we trust them, right? You know, I get it. I totally get it. They're extremely talented, but 
you really can only just back yourself into a corner so often. Uh, an offense is going to sometimes figure it out. They're just going to figure it out. And Cleveland put together a, a drive there late. I think that drive started around their own 20. They hit a big run, right? They get a big run down to the 10, and and it gets to fourth down, and that's where weird stuff can happen on fourth down. And it's just that, that Njoku catch was insane. So, yeah, I thought the Browns' special teams were a net positive today. The defense was a neutral, and the offense did just enough. I mean, I don't even – as I'm looking back at it, I don't even think the Browns offense outplayed Tampa's offense, but they just put together points at the right time. So, but again, that's the NFL. What do we talk about several times on this show? Like I know we have recently that these games swing on like five plays and Mm -hmm. long for Cleveland in the right direction. Partly, I would say the two biggest plays and quite evidently were David's catch and, and um, you know, Amari's catch up the sideline. Those are the two, absolute game changers of that game in, in mm-hmm. my opinion so um yeah that's 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 probably all i've thought about I'm, I'm interested if you guys have any more angles but um you know having just now thought of this game post game i've kind of brought all i had that special teams is a great point brad i thought he played uh they they outplayed them for the most part even like the block in the back like they didn't beat themselves with any penalties so i thought that was pretty good uh, in terms of specials too and when you can win those phases, you give yourself at least a moderate chance to win these things, right? Yeah, I I would. The only other thing I would say is that I I think I've seen Tampa Bay win a number of these type of games where they just kind of maybe they get up by a touchdown or three points, and they win twenty seventeen or seventeen ten because they de- like they the rely Packers on their defense. Twelve earlier this year, right? They yeah, similar, similar yep. type of prime time game. You're you're exactly right about that. Yeah. Um, the Browns had five penalties. Tampa had nine. Cleveland punted six times. Tampa punted nine. So I, that's mm-hmm. by far the most punts they've forced in a single game this year. Mm-hmm. I don't know the Cincinnati number because I think Cincinnati was a little more aggressive on uh, fourth down than than Tampa was. So I think that number is a little bit uh, a little bit different. I can probably pull that up here in just a second. But yeah, that that's the best third down defense and the best results based stuff that we've seen from Cleveland uh, in a while there. So week nine, uh, was that week ten? Which week did they play Cincy? I cannot remember. Was it week eight? Nine. Eight. Week eight. eight. Week eight, Monday night football, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. In that one, the Cleveland went four Cincy to only four for ten on third, and they only forced four punts. So that one, um, they had some turnovers. They created a couple turnovers, and the Browns just had a lot of long drives. They li- they limited to possessions. A game like this, you have a bunch of possessions for both teams because – they're punting it back and forth to each other. So that makes a lot of sense to me. But yeah, this is, I think to your point, Andrew, this is the best they've played defensively in a single game this year in terms of putting it all together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I think that's true. And I, th- I think it's, I, I mean, as you kind of touched on, Jake, earlier between that and the special teams playing better today, it's uh, it's job-saving season in Cleveland. And it definitely makes me nervous. I think it makes a lot of us nervous that these guys are going to going to get away with it again somehow. Um, I, I do want to just, before we go here, I just want to wrap up the Jacoby Brissett experience because uh, it was reported this morning that Sean Watson has uh, uh, complied with the terms of his uh, suspension. So he will be uh, reinstated on Monday, uh, tomorrow, I guess, and will you know, be taking the first team reps and the starting quarterback on Sunday in Houston. Uh, and so we've had 11 games of Jacoby Brissett. And uh, what a ride it's been. I don't, you know, I think we probably all kind of thought we'd be in this four to seven, four and seven, five and six, three and eight range uh, when when it came uh, out that Watson's uh, suspension would be 11 games. But uh, 
we didn't think that it was going to be because uh, the defense uh, gave up so many points and, and we thought Brissett was going to struggle. He didn't. Uh, he, he didn't have his best game of the season, certainly today. But for the most part, he's, you know, he's been statistically a, a top 10-ish quarterback uh, this season, which was, um, you know, it's, it's the best he's played in his career and a, a real credit to a guy that saw an opportunity and took it. He's going to get probably a good contract next year to be, uh, you know, a, a bridge starter or even maybe a full season starter for a team, which is a, a lot more than, than he was able to find this offseason. So uh, I just want to, you know, credit to Jacoby Brissett. You know, Jake, you, you made the joke uh, uh, at the end of the show, uh, the, the pregame show that we talk about him, uh, you know, like he's uh, like we're we're eulogizing him because he's, he's going to become the backup <laughs> quarterback. But um you know, he, he, I think he does deserve a lot of credit and, and the appreciation of Browns fans for having a really nice 11-game stretch for the Cleveland Browns in 2022. Yeah, I would say this is the type of game I think we thought we were going to see in most of the 11, which right. is defense playing well, offense frustrating the heck out of us, and they they just do enough to win some of them and have a couple really nice breakout offensive games. So this is where I think most – I think like late third quarter I was uh, – I was um, thinking to myself, like, okay, this is this was how some of these were supposed to feel. Mm-hmm. We didn't really have very many of them. So, um, yeah, I mean, Jacoby fought. He fought and he made some throws when it mattered. He made a throw to Cooper on a fourth and nine clutch situation that should have been caught. He made, um, you know, that ball to Brissett. Uh, he is Brissett to uh, Njoku in the back of the end zone, which mm-hmm. was right on the money for where it needed to be so only his guy could catch it. And then – you know, I think the thing that we've all complained about with him is he wasn't he was making a bunch of plays, but he wasn't making the clutch throws. And this was the, the, the contrast of that, where he did make a bunch of clutch throws, including the late one in the overtime period to Cooper. That was, um, you know, that was that was open, but he hit him in stride and he delivered and stepped up in the pocket. Listen, he was under pressure all day. I think, mm-hmm. I think what I notice when I watch is like, OK, when it is predictable pass. How, what does the pocket look like? Like, what do passing lanes look like? Are there people in your face? Because if they're able to just rush for and predictable pass and just be able to drive linemen into your face and eliminate downfield throwing lanes, you're never going to complete many third downs. And there were people in his face all game. So he, um, he did a great job of maximizing on opportunities when he was presented, delivered the football when he needed to deliver the football. And it was a really great way for him to, uh, to leave the starting role. I mean, I don't, I don't know, man. You never know. Watson could turn an ankle the first quarter in Houston and he's sure. in the field. So the guy ain't dead, right? It's like somebody <laughs> in this press conference said something to him about, like, at your age, blah, blah, blah. He's like, my age? I'm 29. So right. He's not 40. He's not Tom Brady. He's not riding off into the sun. I do think he, in the right, Andrew, to your question, which was good, uh, in the right situation, I think a lot, of, a lot of people have said this in the past few weeks of, like, Jacoby is a – Starter somewhere, right? He's a starter somewhere he can play. And I and I agree with that for the most part, but it can't be in the wrong situation. And Miami, right. where he was last year, is an example of the wrong RPO-based offense situation. He needs to be in a similar structure as this offense, and he needs to be with the quality offensive line. And if he gets those, he can make throws that a, that a playbook asks him. You know what I think is like if San Francisco doesn't want to overpay Jimmy mm-hmm. and they – are looking for a long-term potential, not long-term, but a potential short-term answer until the injury situation with Trey Lance wraps up. Right, he's a perfect fit in San Francisco, in my opinion. Or if what is a, whatever's going on in LA with with um, Stafford turns into a long-term surgery thing, he'd be great out there. I'm just trying to think of like offenses that fit that structure 
mm-hmm. can do in an offense like that. He fits a lot of that stuff. And, you know, I, the one thing that I was told from people who covered him in Indy before the season that really sticks with me is he's a great dude. He's just mm-hmm. a great guy who who's who's limited in a lot of aspects, but you're going to pull for him. And, man, he won the hearts of, of, of Browns fans in 11 games in a way that we weren't expecting I don't think anybody was expecting to love Jacoby Brissett. I think we were all really interested in how much we were going to despise him at some point because he just wasn't getting it done. And you knew, hey, we just got to get to 11 games. You know, how quickly can we usher him out? You know, but his 11 games, he's, um, boy, he he's just, he's been a joy. He's been a joy. And I'm a lifelong fan. I don't care where he goes. I will always pull for that guy the same way. People who covered Indy and covered him there have, have said to me, like, hey, man, I'm, I'm pull for him with the Browns. Like, I love that guy. We the, Everybody loves that guy. So it was really cool, and I think it was it's especially special to uh, see him get this this win today. So, you know, pretty cool. I don't think he'll be back, though. It, Browns are going to have to cut every yep. single corner penny-wise to afford the roster and some of the holes that need plugged, and they can't afford a Case Keenum-type backup quarterback contract. They just can't. They're going to have to – you wonder why Kellen Mond is sitting on the bench? Uh, on inactive every game that that's why they're going to keep that cheap contract around um, and and have him be the backup. So there's no, there's no reunion happening here. God forbid something silly happens. I should say, never say never with this organization, but um, as the status quo chugs forward, it's not going to work out that he's back, but I'll never forget his 11 games. He's uh, seared a nice memory in terms of like, I don't know, guys, if we put him up against some of the better seasons that a Browns quarterback has had. I mean, if he stretched this thing out to 16, 17 games, you're talking about as good a 2020 as Mayfield probably right up there with it, right up there with it in a lot of regards. So, you know, that that's uh, special stuff, man. He deserves a lot of credit. Go ahead, Brad. Yeah, I was watching the chat while you were talking, you know, Sorry, uh, I was watching the chat while you're talking, and you know it's just saying stuff like true professional, and uh, he battled, and all that stuff, and it, it is it is truly that, like that's exactly what he was. He he left it all out there for uh, for the Browns for 11 games, and I don't who he's not scheduled to start anymore, but you never know. But either way. Um, if you you know if you read anything about what his teammates have said about him, he is highly thought of, and uh, uh, these guys are devoted to him and admire him and uh, class act, and certainly a, a lot of fun to watch. A lot, a heck of a lot better quarterback than I ever thought we were going to watch for eleven moves. Yeah, I think the the Browns, you know, there have been a lot of questions asked of this front office and coaching staff this year, and I think rightfully so. But uh, you can say emphatically that they uh, picked uh, the right guy for the job that they had uh, for an 11-game spot start, uh, holding the seat warm for Deshaun Watson. He he did as well as he could in those games, and uh, you know, as as Jake mentioned, is a is has been a true professional as well. So. Um, it was certainly the right decision to move on from Baker Mayfield. The Deshaun Watson piece of that is yet to be written, and that story starts next week. For now, though, the the decision to bring in Jacoby Brissett to be that steadying force was the right one, and Andrew Barry uh, knocked that out of the park. I will say, uh, too, Andrew, it's ahead. worth noting, I don't know that there has been – you tell me, guys, off the top of your head, has there been a quarterback movement – that was better than Jacoby Brissett through 11 games. Russell Wilson, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Um, who else has moved? 
off the top of your head, uh, you know, big trades that I can't, I mean, who else is Matt Ryan? Terrible. Like what, Matt what, Ryan. Yeah. Like what, what other ones are out there? Like he's been the best single best quarterback move of the Aussie. And they do, they do deserve credit because imagine guys, mm-hmm. if I uh, know, I know the offense has had some, some peaks and valleys here, but imagine if the offense was really terrible the way we thought it might be. And the defense has been this letdown too. They wouldn't even have been in a lot of games. It would have been some drudgings that happened in a lot of those games. So they deserve yeah. the front office does deserve real credit for that. In my opinion, not running it back uh, with the status quo that was here. Um, we'll see about the Watson decision long-term. That's got a lot of chapters to be written in that story, but for, for what they did with figuring out whether it was six games or 11 games or whatever, it's pretty great. It's pretty great. Yeah. Like Mariota's another one. I saw someone mention in the chat there. Uh, he's not been very good down that way. Baker's not been very good in Carolina. Are we forgetting any Andrew off the top of your head? I, Seattle, I guess, but Gino wasn't a move. Gino was there. Yeah. He wasn't a trade. Uh, yeah. A I movement. mean, the decision to stick with him is probably, yeah. you know, that's the but, single one. Right. But as in terms of finding somebody out there and evaluating them and bringing them into your system and knowing they're a good fit, it's, it's, I think it's, He's the best. He's the best quarterback that's new to a team thus far. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I would agree, man. And and they deserve a bunch of credit for that for sure. Yep. So I think that that does it in terms of a post game. We we covered a lot of the angles, and obviously we will have uh, full coverage this week on the OBR of of every angle of this Browns win and and really where the season sits now that they're four and seven with Deshaun Watson uh, coming back uh, next weekend against Houston. Uh, so obviously, you know, we'll have uh, the Monday rewind tomorrow night at uh, 7 p.m. Uh, a, a more in-depth breakdown of every angle of this game with Fred Greetham, Cody Sook, and uh, Mike Keefe will be there as well, I believe. And uh, then on Tuesday, uh, Jake will break down the film and uh, really dig into the nitty-gritty of how this one got won. And, uh, and then we, we go on from there for a full week of coverage. Um, and uh, we, in addition to that, we will be writing about uh, – every angle of this analytically film breakdowns and um, you know, all the news that comes out of uh, Berea tomorrow when Deshaun Watson is named the starting quarterback. So um, for Brad Ward, for Jake Burns, uh, for everybody behind the scenes uh, with the OBR, uh, thank you all out there for joining us. Thank you for the uh, flurry of gift subscriptions. We appreciate your generosity. We appreciate your support and uh, we will be back uh, tomorrow night at 7 PM for Monday rewind until then go Browns. Go Browns. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, 
There's joy in every journey. 